You're listening to the Bird Dog Babe Podcast with my mom, Courtney Bastion. This podcast is brought to you by Purina Pro Plan, Boss Shot Shells, and Onyx Hunt. Who can say that they can get together with these people that they met on the internet and they had the time of their lives? And, and they didn't go to the beach. They didn't like, you know, go rent a cabin or they didn't go skiing. They went to Omaha, Nebraska at this convention. It wasn't anything extravagant. It was this convention where everybody else gets together to talk about and do things that, that they all have passions about. I can't wait to get back together again. And I can't wait for next year either um, for, for Pheasant Fest 2023. I want to take a bit to talk more about the Patreon platform that goes hand in hand with this podcast. I have considered canceling it several times because honestly, I don't like asking people for things, especially money. And because the admin fees to even have the Patreon page are kind of ridiculous. But I'm loving how the space has grown into such a welcoming and supportive community and being able to provide a comfortable space for education and learning and having that ability to give to conservation organizations in the process, I really, really enjoy. We had Fred Bohm of Sage and Breaker on this past Thursday and he put on a fantastic demonstration on how to clean a semi-auto and break open shotgun. As with all the guests providing these educational segments, Fred was given the option to choose an organization for us to donate to for his time. So, with the Patreon funds, we were able to donate $100 to Pheasants Forever. The amount has grown as the number of Patreon members have grown. The next Beyond the Podcast webinar is on Thursday, April 21st, which will be a steadiness demonstration for pointing dogs. In addition to Beyond the Podcast educational webinars, members also get extra discounts, giveaways. They're the first to find out when dog training and hunting camp registration opens. And with some very high demand, we will now be having a once in a month online get together to share camaraderie, dog training and testing struggles and stories, this season's hunting plans, and really just to connect with others in your area to train and hunt with. Listen to the entire length of today's podcast and you will understand the amazing things that can come from being a part of a supportive and welcoming community. So the Patreon platform, it's $5 a month, which it's honestly less than a Starbucks Vente Caramel Macchiato or $54 a year. So there you go. Join us at patreon.com forward slash the bird dog babe and join us and become part of something bigger. After last week's episode, I had a few people reach out asking more about where I am going for shooting lessons. And those of you that attended the Project Upland shooting camp that I hosted in Minnesota last year can highly vouch for him. His name is Tracy Wright of Dark Horse Shooting in Spokane, Washington. And I am super excited to share that Tracy will be our shooting instructor at Grouse Camp this year. More details on that are coming soon. But you can find him on Facebook at Dark Horse Shooting and on Instagram at Dark underscore Horse underscore Shooting underscore. Talk about a kind, genuine human, and he is one of the top sporting clay shooters in the country. Yeah. That's why I drive four hours to Spokane to get lessons with him, and it's worth every single penny. Which brings me to one of my partners, Siren, Shotguns for Women. You deserve to feel comfortable and confident in the field. 
get a shotgun that can provide that for you and fits you right out of the box. I'm a huge advocate for trying before you buy. So if you're planning to attend one of my hunting camps or the pointing dog training camp in Montana this summer, the folks at Siren are providing you the opportunity to try out several different shotguns. Go to sirenusa.com to check out their entire lineup and find an event or demo center near you to try some out. It's puppy season. Keep your puppy safe and secure during travel with a Dakota 283 kennel. They now offer a forever insert kennel divider for all kennel sizes. This insert is awesome because it allows you to buy only one kennel for the lifetime of your dog. But what happens when a puppy has too much space in a kennel? Yeah, it'll pee, it'll poop all on one side and go sit on the other side of a kennel. Puppies want to be clean. They don't want to mess themselves and a kennel divider allows you to keep moving it back, providing more space as your puppy grows. Go to Dakota283.com, buy your new puppy, the only kennel it'll ever need, and a forever insert and use my promo code BIRDDOGBABE to get 10% off your order. On today's episode, I am joined by four awesome ladies throughout the country. For different reasons, each of them traveled to Omaha, Nebraska for the Pheasant Fest Quail Classic March 11th to the 13th, an annual convention that is often described as the Super Bowl of Upland Hunting. Whether you're a hunter, landowner, bird dog lover, wild game cooking enthusiast, or wildlife habitat conservationist, there is something for everyone at this event. But what isn't advertised for this incredible weekend are the lifelong friendships and connections made when you're surrounded by like-minded people that share your passion. We sit down and talk about all of those things in addition to the people that inspired us throughout the weekend and all those in the Pheasants Forever organization that work so hard to host this incredible event, and all things they're doing for the birds, wildlife, and habitat. All right, let's get after it. Cheers, ladies, to to a great weekend that we had and to many more in the future. Yes. Cheers, cheers. Cheers. So let's get this party started. Wanted to do a recap of our Awesome weekend at Pheasant Fest Quail Classic that was in Omaha, Nebraska last weekend that y'all attended. We are missing two two gals on here, and maybe they'll pop in at some point. Um, but to to help listeners, there's there's five of us on here now. So kind of let maybe let's go around and introduce yourself, your location. I have a couple of things here. You might want to write them down. <laughs> Everyone's grabbing a pen. Introduce yourself, location, how long you've been hunting, the most common species that you hunt, and your bird dog breeds, and why did you go to Pheasant Fest? So uh, I'll start out. I'm from the Missoula, Montana area. Been hunting for 13 years. My most common species is, let's say, the rough grouse. And I have German wire hair pointers, Brocco Italianos, the, a little field cocker. And I went to Pheasant Fest. I first booked Pheasant Fest just to go hang out, have a good time, learn things, and be with my friends. And then um, I had the opportunity to put some some hours in for Purina Pro Plan at the booth there. So 
Let's go to, let's see, my top, Katie Willis. Hello, I'm Katie Willis. I'm coming to you live from uh, Bend, Oregon. Uh, my co most common species hunted is uh, uh, Electorus chucker, the chucker. Um, I have a trio of German wire hairs who are the best bird dogs that ever bird dogged. Um, and I went to Pheasant Fest because Courtney asked me to. <laughs> and I don't regret it for a minute at all. And I'll never miss another Pheasant Fest because it was the damn best time I've had in a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> you were the only one that didn't write down these things. And so you missed how long do you hunt? Oh, shit. Have you hunted? Uh, well, my oldest bird dog is 13 years old. Um, but I hunted, I mean, I've hunted my whole life. But as far as bird hunting goes, I could say consistently, I've been a bird hunter for, well, 13 and a half years. Excellent. Look, I've, I've only got one leg. I can't be asked to write things down. <laughs> Stephanie, you're up. I'm up. Hi, I'm Stephanie. I'm coming to you from outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico. And let's see how long I've been hunting. I like to say 2018, but after this season and how hard I hunted, I'm like, the past years don't count <laughs> because I didn't hunt as hard. Um, I have a, an English setter and I just got an English cocker puppy. And I also, my species that I hunt is mostly scaled quail and gambles quail out here in the desert. Awesome. Why'd you go to Pheasant Fest? Oh, why did I go to Pheasant Fest? I didn't see, I didn't write that question down. That's why <sighs> I didn't it. I know I'm a slacker. Dang it. <laughs> I went to Pheasant Fest. <laughs> I'm the president of Quail Forever, Enchanted Quail Forever out here in New Mexico. And I wanted to get a good representation of what everybody else is doing in their chapters especially the newer chapters so that's why I originally went and boy did I get something up I mean I got what I wanted then I got a lot more awesome. and I guess for sure we'll be going back for many 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 years to come well I can't wait till we dig into that in a little bit here of what all you got out of it okay Sam you are up all right. My name is Sam and I am just outside of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Um, I've been carrying a gun hunting for 23 years, uh, but for the majority of my life, I was primarily a whitetail archery hunter. I've made the switch here in the last six years to primarily bird hunting and I have a German short hair, a wire-haired pointing griffon, and a poodle pointer. And right now, our most common species we hunt is pheasant, followed closely by the rough grouse. And I originally came to Pheasant Fest uh, for my work, but it gave me such a great opportunity to meet so many other lovely people in the industry and that are passionate about birds and habitat. And it was a great time. And I will be going back, not working nearly as much next time. <laughs> <laughs> you did work too much. Yes. I, I texted you several times. You need to stop working. Yes, it was, it was tough. They sent a skeleton crew to work the whole, whole show. So with it being here next year, I have plenty of time to be elsewhere. Well, I applaud your efforts and your great worksmanship. 
Uh, my name is Amanda. I'm coming to you from Northeastern California uh, in Modoc County. I've been hunting for three to four years. Um, I mainly hunt quail, but I really will chase anything. Um, I have a German short hair pointer and a German wire hair pointer. And I went to Pheasant Fest to hang out with my friend Katie and to hang out with my new friend Courtney and uh, meet some of the internet connections I had made long ago. Um, in person and sort of do some networking. So hopefully no more internet problems tonight. <laughs> awesome. Have, have you been to a pheasant fest before? No. No. I went, I went two years ago before the world shut down. Where was that one? It was in Minneapolis. Okay. And it was a lot of fun. Um, I only went for like a couple hours Saturday afternoon though. I didn't go for the whole day and then the banquet. So I recommend spending a full day there and then the banquet. Mm -hmm. Yep. I had gone one time before it was when it was in um, Chicago, Illinois, and it was the first year that they put on the women on the wing luncheon. It was very neat. And I'm glad that they're continuing on with that. Besides why you went, what were you guys most looking forward to? I mean, the camaraderie, like I was really excited about the women on the wings. This is Katie, I should say. Um, I was really excited about the women on the wings. And then just um, once I started, like once I committed to going and Amanda came along with me and then, you know, the little shout outs on the old Instagram of like all of the different women that were going to be there. Um, you know, I feel super fortunate in that my original hunting mentor was a woman and so my original hunting and training was with a woman and it was really great, but unfortunately she passed away and it was just really nice to get back with a crew of women. And that was super exciting to like, get back it, like to, to just meet more women and think about all of the friendships that I've now made and all the more women that I have to be like, yeah. And then we're going to go to Nebraska and we're going to hunt there. And then we're going to go to South Dakota and then we're going to go to Arizona and then we're going to go to New Mexico and then I'm going to go up to Minnesota and like all of that just really um that really made it man the 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 tribe of ladies that we put together and cruised around with all weekend was top notch mm -hmm. I couldn't um, agree I, more I really I didn't know what to expect I think I was a little nervous at first and just because I could not picture this thing in my head and, but I was really excited to talk to everybody, but you just never know how it's going to be, how you're going to be received. And so that made me nervous. But then once I, once I saw Katie on Friday morning or yeah, Friday mid morning, and she went and it was like, everything just fell together. And once you walk into that place and you just start walking around to the different booths and even talking to the the chapters around, especially there's a lot of South Dakota chapters <laughs> around there. And they just welcome you with these like big open arms and any question that you have, that's like, they'll answer and they answer it with such enthusiasm. It's just so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it was really great. I went in hoping to, to meet some of you ladies face to face for the first time, not really knowing how great of a weekend it would end up being after meeting you. 
Um, but I was also really stoked for some of the seminars that were happening. Um, the Women on the Wing luncheon was something that I was really looking forward to. And I'm, I'm glad I could step away and, and attend that. That was pretty impactful. Um, but I'd say overall, the camaraderie of all of you ladies meeting for for the first time. I mean, everybody just clicked right away. And then everybody in the booths was, was the same way, like instant best friends. Uh, nobody was really harsh or anything. Everybody's pretty welcoming. Hey, come hunt with me. I'd love to see you. It's, it was just amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'll echo what Stephanie said and just really not knowing what to expect uh, when I booked my tickets and flight out to Nebraska, but I definitely had planned to attend more of the sort of learning chats um, and then just really got caught up in the like relationship and meeting people aspect. And um, I think anytime you follow Katie and Courtney around uh, any event, you're going to meet a lot of people and stay for very meaningful conversations. Um, and so that was, it was really enjoyable even though we didn't get to every booth or make it to every talk that I had anticipated, uh, I think the relationships and people that I got to interact with were well worth missing those things. And uh, we'll definitely go with a little bit more of like some cutout time to attend those next year. But um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade the time there for the world. It was perfect. And I mean, I really, when I signed up for this, I was like, I'm going to Nebraska to win a gun. So um, that was, that was my intent. <laughs> and, and that was, Kidding. and that was a week after you just won two guns at a DU banquet. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't, I don't leave my house unless I'm going to win a gun. So <laughs> kidding. Totally kidding. I'll make sure to have one ready for you in New Mexico when you come down here. Okay. I'll be there for your banquet. You let me know when it is. Happy to come win the gun. Well, I did. I had wanted to go to more of the topics and seminars, but for those listeners out there, um, I was on crutches (laughs) the whole time. And so I was on crutches um, with a bum knee and that definitely limited some of my mobility and and I'm going to blame that for not getting to more of the not getting to more of the talks um but I will say the the people that like the the couple of conversations that I had with biologists and uh outreach coordinators the actual staff um what an amazing group of people like just a really passionate group of conservationists where it's like, yeah, this is their job, but it's also their life. Like every person, you know, Marissa who put on the pheasants forever, the women on the wing luncheon, um, our friend Hannah that we made and brought along with us, um, from the North Dakota, um, chapter, uh, the guy, Josh, that Amanda and I talked to at length when we signed up to become lifetime members of Pheasants Forever. Um, just like a, such an engaged and informed and passionate group of people who really, um, yeah, like Pheasants Forever, it doesn't feel like a job to them. It feels like like this whole, this life and this passion. And And I didn't realize how much conservation was really the core of pheasants forever right like i'd had a little bit of interaction with it 
when I was hunting in North Dakota because I met a pheasants forever person, but we don't have pheasants forever. And we don't even have a quail forever in Oregon. Like my closest banquet is Washington um, to, to go to. And so we don't, I don't have, I didn't have really any interest, any, any um, insight into those organizations. And I was so impressed with how much a like 93 cents to the dollar that you donate to those two organizations goes to conservation and education, which is unreal. And then that they have such a really dynamic, intelligent, driven staff. I found like, I was so impressed with that. I loved that. Katie, I gotta say, um, you know, number one, those people are just genuine, right? Like you talk to them and they're just, they're just so genuine. It's incredible. And then second, Hey, you should start a chapter there in uh, Oregon. Don't think I haven't thought about it. I, we don't, which is crazy. Did you know that the first place that pheasants were introduced was the Willamette Valley in Oregon. And then because and then because of the very, very poor agricultural practices in the Willamette Valley for game, right? Like they don't leave shelter belts. There's no, you know, habitat. They, they, they plow, you know, and they plant field to field. We don't really have any pheasants over there. The only place you can really, there's some wild pheasants on kind of the Northeast corner up by Pendleton. And then the rest of the pheasants in Oregon are really all pen raised pheasants which I find heartbreaking because like when you, when I went to North Dakota to go hunting, like it doesn't take a lot to leave habitat for pheasants. And then it's not just the pheasants, like the sheer abundance of the creatures and the plants that you get in those spaces where you leave stuff open for pheasants is really remarkable. And it's sad that we don't have it here, but we do have a pretty bang up quail population here and I do feel like I did come home and I, I actually looked for a local chapter I was like I was like okay we don't there's not gonna be a pheasants forever here there's got to be a quail forever and there's not and I'm like well that's it like I've shot I've shot a lot of quail I I need to start a quail forever chapter here in Oregon for certain for certain that's awesome. you have you have quail walking around your backyard oh yeah all the time <laughs> Did anybody get a chance to go to any of the seminars? I did one. And that, that was before I met up with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> then it all went downhill. And that was, um, oh, with what's his name from Meat Eater? Um, with the stash. Ryan, Ryan Callahan. Thank you. Yeah, him. That was, that was nice. It was a nice uh, talk. And, and I kind of, I wanted to ask him, if he had any advice, like for us, you know, new chapters, like comp- competing with uh, like the sexy animals to hunt, right? Like the elk and the deer. And how do we get more people involved with, you know, quail hunting down here in New Mexico? Because it seems like we may not have a whole lot of new interest, let's say. And he had some interesting things to say, basically, like, well, you know, probably meet up with uh your rmef or your mule deer foundation and see what they have to say and so that's that's my next goal is to reach out to those guys no you just take bird dog puppies to like the middle school and then tell them if they want a puppy they have to hunt and there's that's how you get kids to fall in love with puppies 
Exactly. So those booths, they really were on to something, right? Like yeah. having all the puppies around, it's like, come to me. <laughs> and that's what I need to do. I need to find a bunch of puppies just to stack up at events so people will come. Yeah. Puppies that's in a wagon. Funny. That's what it was. Puppies in a wagon. Oh God, that, that wagon full of Labrador puppies. I think they saved my life on Sunday. Like I was, we had a really good weekend by that point in time. And when they rolled past me with a wagon full of yellow Labrador puppies, it was the shot in the arm that I needed to get rolling again. Um, you cannot go wrong with a wagon, a wagon full of puppies. Jesus. Anybody else? You guys go to any other seminars? Oh, Katie and I attended a dog training, a puppy training seminar uh, with a panel of six, I think six, five or six pro trainers. Um, just they they did a talk first and then we're answering um, audience questions, which was really nice because I think like what I struggle with the most is being able to formulate like what problem I'm having and putting it into words um, so that it's like comprehensible to get some sort of feedback or um, just like something to try. And so it was really nice to hear where like areas that other people struggle and uh, what the pros had to say about how they would go about approaching that. And each one of them had a different approach, um, which was really insightful to a lot of like the, the common, just sort of like pain points of puppy training. And um, it was nice to hear just, you know, there's no one right way to train a puppy and they all gave great feedback and all things that I would consider trying in those situations. So it was really helpful. Yeah, that was, that was an amazing opportunity. I mean, where else can you have Tom Dawkin, Ronnie Smith, Susanna Love? I mean, all, all the professionals in one area at the same time, just to say, Hey, who has questions? And then they all give you your input on it. It was a great opportunity. So thank you, Purina, for providing the the bird dog stage for us. I w- so I was working there at the Pyrenean booth and I got to listen to all of them throughout the weekend. And um, it was, it was fantastic, incredible knowledge. And Dr. Seth Bynum was there providing advice on different ways to excel your breeding program and um, conditioning, nutrition, all the good things. So there was a lot. Before you bring your new bird dog puppy home this spring, be sure to pick up a bag of the new ProPlan Sport Development 3020 Puppy Formula. Nourish your puppy's full athletic potential with fine-tuned nutrition for a healthy growth rate and age-appropriate strength and endurance. This unique formula gives your puppy exceptional daily nutrition plus a brain-supporting nutrient blend that promotes concentration, problem-solving, and trainability. If you're looking for nutrition, to help your puppy excel, ProPlan Sport Development 3020 is an excellent choice to help fuel excellence in the show ring, in the field, and during exercise and energetic play. How about Hank Shaw at the banquet? His talk. His talk was awesome at the banquet. Wasn't that amazing? What were yeah. some of your biggest takeaways from that? Um, what I really found interesting is so I, I went to the show with coworkers. And so I was sitting next to some coworkers and I knew some of them didn't hunt. And um, so his talk was called drumstick diplomacy and it really resonated with me um, because I've, I've been that person to give some of my game away so I can continue to harvest my own. And, and then it often never crosses my mind to take that next step and say, Hey, instead of me just giving this to you, do you want to come with me? And I had a coworker there that said, 
hey, I, I expect an invite next fall. And she had never shown any outward interest to coming hunting, but something about his, his speech really resonated with her as well. And I'm absolutely going to take her. I'm super excited for it. Um, so it, in the end, just get as many people to fall in love with what we love about the outdoors and the pursuit of, of these beautiful birds as we can. Um, cause the more people that love it, the more people will try and keep it around. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What a great, what a great situation to happen there. And I think Hank Shaw has such a beautiful way of, um, talking to everybody, right. To whether you're experienced, to whether you're new, you can just resonate with everyone. And I just find that like, I can connect with him so much. And I feel like even, somebody that doesn't hunt, I could see where they go. Yeah. That's what I want to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. And for some people, you know, I think for, for several of us, maybe if not all of us, um, it was kind of the dogs that lured us in to this hunting and endeavor, but for others, it's the food and, and providing that for your family, for yourself. Um, and, and I just love the perspective that he had with that and, and making, having more considerations to the pursuit of, of the food of it being for that purpose. So pretty cool. Yeah. Women on the wing luncheon. Everybody here was there. So fun. Was wow. that great? Empowering. Yes. It, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. They just like. I thought that those two women that they had as the, well, first off, Marissa was awesome. I thought she did a great job emceeing it, but then the two women that she came to speak were so interesting because they had such, um, like, I feel like I came into hunting through a very traditional pathway. Like my parents hunt, right. They might not have been bird hunters, but you know, I've been hunting my whole life. And so like, I feel like that's sort of the traditional route and that both of those women came from very non-traditional backgrounds. And, you know, the first woman, Alicia Harden, um, with the North, uh, sorry, with the Nebraska game and parks, she was a game and parks, uh, commission administrator. You know, she's not from a hunting family, but her, her family took her to all those state parks and like took her to the national parks and she just kind of fell in love with being the out, outdoors. And I loved that her dad, like that she was like, when she was telling that story about how she had gotten, she'd gone to some park and went on this hike and was like 10 years old and stood at the top of this hike and was like, I don't know what it, I don't know what job you have that gets you to be out here, but this is the job that I want. And that her dad went back to Omaha where she was like born and raised and started like calling around until he found somebody who had a job outside and it was with the like wildlife commission. And then she started like volunteering and she had this whole path path to the uplands that was so non-traditional. And then I actually was, I went and looked her up and was like reading about some of the other stuff she's done. And she was like charge of, you know, big pheasant programs in Nebraska and done stuff like that. And I was like, wow, this is so cool that she did not grow up in a hunting family. And now she has a hunting family. Like she's got a husband and a couple of kids and they, they hunt, that's their jam. 
you know, um, and then the Dr. Shafali Meta, I think is her last name, um, you know, first generation um, American, totally non-hunting from Connecticut, and she's on the Pheasants Forever board, like, amazing, like, absolutely amazing and inspiring and, like, such a great, um, you know, feel of, like, how she, you know, she's, she's statistics, she's agriculture, she wants to create sustainable food pathways. She sees that, you know, protecting the environment and um, equity, that it's all related and that she's, you know, the, what the deputy secretary, deputy undersecretary of research, education and economics um, at the USDA, like, like amazing, amazing speakers and so inspiring and like, I think it's just that thing of like, there's a lot of ways to get into this community. And I'm just, I consistently am just so impressed with the people that are drawn to this world and how much passion and, um, and love that they bring to, um, this thing that I love. And it's so, it's just, it was so, it was so inspiring, like so inspiring and so cool. Yeah, I think the thing that like really resonated most or inspired me the most was um, that she spoke to like leading at any level and not because you're in a leadership position. Um, and that like really it is our responsibility as women in hunting and in conservation to really step into a leadership role, no matter what level we're at. And that like leadership is not a title. It is, you know, sort of like a, a frame of mind and all of us have the ability to be a leader in this space. Um, and really that's how we, we move forward with conservation efforts. So I really liked that sentiment in her um, speech. And that I think was like the biggest takeaway for me was just really trying to figure out which areas I can help lead forward in. So. And let's not forget to talk about the amazing lunch. The, oh, the food the, was great. Oh my gosh. The bacon wrapped quail. And then we had the, turkey noodle soup that um jenny uh, i'm going to butcher last name nigan um provided recipe cards for everybody so that's going to happen so when that spring turkey comes i don't remember what was in the fe- in the lettuce wrap but those were really good yep. too those were pheasant i think I think so. I I just didn't want to mess that up. But yeah, I think pheasant uh, lettuce wraps and those were good. And at the end where like you see all the women leaders stand up too, no matter like, and it was just, it was a a cool, cool thing. Like, and and I know because we're all in separate states, we're all far away, right? And we connected, but it was so cool to go, oh, I'm not alone in this. Like Mm -hmm. look around the room. It was really yeah. cool. I like what Marissa did there too, where she said, if you're and you know, and everybody stood up, if they fit that role. And then at the end, it's like, everybody comes together and it's like, we are all in this role together. We're here for very similar reasons and we can all make a difference for the same mission in, in the uplands. So it's all intertwined. And, and didn't you guys feel like just throughout the weekend, and this isn't something I even I guess thought was going to happen, um, but did happen, but it was like, like a sisterhood. I felt very much a sisterhood. I felt relationships, I felt connections and, um, 
it what kind of what we had going on throughout the weekend was was just really awesome a supportive group of women there were definitely guys there that were very wanted to be very supportive <laughs> as well everybody <laughs> wanted to hold Katie's beer <laughs> 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 I mean, Josh was very supportive in getting Katie and I to sign up for lifetime memberships and yes. Sam. I mean, <laughs> like he supported the heck out of our decision to do that. I feel like that, yeah, like it felt, it, I, it felt like we tribed up, right? Like that we just like the sisterhood, like you were saying. And what I found really interesting about that was, um, we we collected like I feel like there was a group of ladies that all knew each other on Instagram you know like this 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 um this little quintet that we have here that kind of all knew each other from Instagram beforehand and then we were having such a beautiful time and like that we collected unto ourselves quite the swath of humans other women men that wanted to you know, like that's that whole thing. And I think that this is this leadership piece, right? Where if you're, if you're passionate and you're driven and you're happy and you're having a good time that people are drawn to that and they want to, they're like, Hey, what is that? Like, Hey, what is that? What is it that you're doing? Um, and can I be part of it? And, um, I think that that, yeah, that speaks to that leadership piece of just being like, yeah, get out there, find your sisterhood, find your tribe, get your people together. And then if you're passionate and um, like you will, you will attract more passionate people to you. And yeah, we met some, you know, both men and women, some really just phenomenal, phenomenal human beings this weekend. Um, and like passionate on so many levels. Like I love meeting Lee and Luke from boss shot shells. Yeah. Um, and what they're trying to accomplish and, and how much they care not only about the sanctity of the game that they're pursuing and how they're trying to create a, 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 a pellet that kills as well as create a, a clean um, environmental impact. I hope those of you that attended Pheasant Fest had a chance to stop over at the Boss Shotshells booth and chat with Lee and his son Luke. Great guys, the best shotgun shells, and huge advocates for conservation. People that are passionate about what they do and doing good things for the birds, lands, and humans, those are my kind of people. Join me and many others that have gone 100% lead-free. Become a member at sportingleadfree.com and stock up on your Boss Shot Shells before season starts at bossshotshells.com. Is everybody on this phone call, on this this talk now, have a final rise vest? Either have it in possession or getting it built for them? Like, <laughs> yep. like oh my God, right? Like, all of us got yeah. those, right? And Damn and, you, Amanda. Yeah, like... <laughs> influencer there. Drug her over to the booth. <laughs> I told myself it's, I wasn't going to buy a vest while I was there either. I mean, fortunate, fortunately, it's like the best vest on the market. But even <laughs> if it wasn't, I would still buy a vest from them because they're the best damn humans. I know. Like, you, you don't even have to want a hunting vest. <laughs> you talk to Matt 
or Darby and you're going home with a vest like yeah. they yeah. are just such good humans that you want to support them and what they do like I right. I mean had they been selling like $300 suckers I probably would have bought one from them <laughs> just because they are such genuinely nice wholesome individuals who like interact with you in such a positive light and really care about what your like attachment to the hunting world is and want to know about it and like those two oh man I would support them in whatever endeavor they they are in but it does make it nice that it is a product that I need and that everyone who has speaks so highly of and they're yeah they're plugging away sewing those vests up right at right there at their house and um and alan and derek that were there helping them also grade a humans oh yeah just some qual i mean like it it was i read somewhere that they that the attendance was about twenty two thousand, which apparently is is down from the the normal like pre-covid um but like just so many people and then just a lot of really conscientious dog breeders, like the couple of places that I stopped and like picked up puppies and held puppies um, of like dog breeders that are committed to it. Um, like there was just, it was just a, a, a convention center full of really, really committed people. And it was just, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Passionate. Yeah. Passionate. I gotta, committed people. I gotta say, Katie, I was really impressed that you pointed me out in the crowd and was like, Hey, Stephanie, because we never met in person and here it like, you just, Hey, and there was a bunch of people walking by and I was like, Holy crap. Like there she is. And Stephanie, you are a statuesque six foot tall blonde. I could fucking pick you out of anything. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> didn't know that at first, right? Like, I remember, like, Courtney going, God, Stephanie, you didn't tell us you were so tall. Like, you know, walked by. I'd be like, yep, there she is. <laughs> but I just want to say, like, as an adult, I feel like it is so hard to make new friends, right? And as, if you have kids or boyfriends, or it's just hard because you don't know how people are going to connect. And it's so rare to, I think that you find these, of course, ladies that all they want to do is talk about bird dogs, or they want to talk about guns, or they want to talk about being out in the woods or peeing in the woods or hunting or whatever. And God, we just all got together and it was like, boom, best friends. Like, how rare is that? I just, I, as much as I love Quill Forever and and Pheasants Forever, and I want to thank them for for that, actually, for the friendship that I I just made out of anything, because it's so, I think it's so rare. And I think, yeah, we would have been Instagram friends, but to come together, like, and be in person together, incredible. Yeah, my coworkers had no idea that we had never met before, because they're like, oh, you've known those you've known those women forever. And I was like, no, uh, I met them on Instagram and we're just meeting for the first time. They thought it was really weird. And then the more you guys like came around and they saw you, they're like, they're really awesome. Like this is a good group of good group of women. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I just, I don't think that I ever once over the weekend felt like you were Instagram friends. Like you felt like my high school besties cheering each other on, you know, like it never once felt weird or awkward or like, you know, that we didn't, I mean, I, 
I think Sam and I, uh, or not Sam, Stephanie and I just like two nights ago exchanged what we do for a living. And so um, like that is the level of like, of, you know, life sort of conversations that we have not had. And to feel like I left there with a big group of best friends is, and spent the weekend hanging out with best friends that I met five minutes before I felt that way about them. So I, it was great. One of my favorite features with OnX Maps is using the waypoints. They tell me so much about what I'm looking for, what I've found, and where I've been. When I'm e-scouting, I use black waypoints, which means it looks like there's some potential for good habitat to hold birds, and I'd like to check it out but haven't been there yet, and I mark it with the bird icon of the designated species I hope to find there. Once I actually get to that area, I update it to purple if I do find birds. Go to onxmaps.com and find out more about all the features that Onyx has to offer to accelerate your hunt. And best yeah, friends, that kept me up until 4.30 a.m. in the morning, and I haven't done that since college. Those kind of best friends. Was it 4.30 or 5, Courtney? Because I was really counting down the minutes to the hot tub opening and was right. so disappointed the two of right. you did not partake in that. Not just one night either. Like we were up until four o'clock in the morning, three or four o'clock in the morning on between Friday and Saturday, as well as being up till five on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Like it was a good, yeah. Amanda, I just want to say that, um, yeah, I think we talked about pooping first before we even discussed what we did for a living. (laughs) What do I do for a living? Completely unimportant. Tell me about how you poop in the woods. That's the level we're on, besties. Exactly. Yeah. Straight for the personal stuff. Because uh, why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about how, like, maybe the time change really um, affected us and our lack of sleep. Oh my gosh. Was it the time change? Because I don't know that I even observed the time change. I will say that this week at work, uh, a lot of my coworkers commented, like, oh, you really seem pretty exhausted this week and I'm like the thing time change is getting to me not the fact that I had six total hours of sleep this week <laughs> oh, I took man. an extra day I took Monday off I called in and I'm like oh yeah yeah I can't that was smart <laughs> that was super smart for the record we were very well behaved women through the weekend we just stayed up very late having fun talking mostly laughing Lots of laughing. laughing, getting noise complaints in the hotel from laughing too hard. I mean, that, yeah, <laughs> Courtney explaining to them that we needed to laugh hard was even better. Um, I think Katie and Courtney's like uh, duo on the podcast mics that were packed and un- unpacked, prepared for a podcast that never happened, but like never rea- reenacting the day's events via unplugged podcast mics, like I my stomach still hurts from laughing all weekend. It was incredible. <laughs> and I came home with no voice because I had to Oprah hand out a table full of guns. So, <laughs> so let's talk about yes. the guns. Yes. Let's yes. talk about the guns. There I were, lost my voice too. <laughs> there were 180 tables at the banquet. Hundred oh. I think there were 180. Let's just go with it. It was like it's pretty close. And there were 10 chairs at each of those tables. So do the math, right? And one every, so in this, in this raffle, it was a table raffle. Amanda, you tell the details because you were in charge. You were the boss lady. 
Well, I mean, actually, I think Stephanie should probably tell it because I'm still downstairs in the hall <laughs> trying to convince Katie to stop talking to everyone and pour out her beer that we cannot take outside of the the the, the, the showroom floor. And Stephanie sends me a text that says, do you want in on the table raffle? And I'm like, I don't know. I spent like literally a thousand dollars on raffle tickets last night. I don't know if I'm prepared for this. Like, can you wait till we get up there? And we get up to this table that is eight of us from our group and two gentlemen that just happened to sit at this table that we needed to like steal from them the rest of the seating. And there's a book with all of the live auction items. And in the very beginning of this book, it says, like, if you would like to get in on this table raffle, there are two opportunities to win. Uh, the first opportunity is for everyone at your table to go home with a gun, so 10 total guns. And the second opportunity is the chance at 10 $100 Shields gift cards. And this, uh, this raffle is sponsored by Shields, and it is Shields table raffle, and it is $200. And if you're Stephanie, you've already done the math and confirms that that is $20 a person. And do we all want in? Because if not, she needs to recalculate. And I'm like, $20, simple enough. Like, please take my money. Um, it was great. It was so great. And so uh, we get there and we collect everyone's money and we have one extra seat left because Sam is sitting with her group of people at a different table and we steal Sam's $20 and enter her in our table's <laughs> raffle. And she was so great about it though. She was like, I can't sit with you guys, but I'm in, I want in on this raffle with this table. She was incredible about it. I, I mean, was, like, I was, was so yeah. happy. I walked by and you were like, Hey, we're doing this thing. 20 bucks. As well, because yeah. I had saved you a seat yeah. and I didn't realize yep. that you'd be sitting with your, your people, your work people. And I was like, oh yeah, well, I, I kind of thought you would like get in our raffle with us. <laughs> no yeah. way. Here's my money. Yeah. And she so was like, oh have... yeah, here's my 20 bucks. And I was like, yes, <laughs> take my money. <laughs> so we have two or three people at our table that are just like, oh, you know, we have no expectations for this. Like we don't win anything. Um, the two gentlemen that are sitting there, I'm like, you guys, we're going to win this table full of guns. Like I won two guns just two weeks ago at the Stacks Unlimited banquet. Like we're winning this guns. Like I am 1000% confident and, you know, like maybe a little bit arrogant in my like need to express how lucky I am. And so they, they literally like bring the ticket over to the table and the gentlemen are like, no one touches the ticket except her. And so I like touch the ticket and tuck it in our table number and we get to the end of the night after tons of great prizes, tons of good oh, yeah. raffle stuff. I mean, uh, the there were probably like 50 guns given out that night before that um, in different various raffles and auctions and other great prizes from all kinds of cool sponsors. And, you know, they go to call out this table full of guns ticket. And I'm like, where's our ticket? Like, we're winning this. We're doing this. And they, they're reading out the ticket. I already and it's had given up after the first number because they read off three first. I knew our number was seven, seven, zero, Yeah, but yeah. they yell out three first. And I go, oh, yeah. and three, three, nine, seven, seven, goes, zero. Those are the first numbers. And she's like, <laughs> like looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they get through our number and like the amount of prizes that had been given out that night, like the level of enthusiasm 
for an individual to get a prize was just like, it was nowhere near the level of excitement that came from 10 people who won a gun, like who each won a gun. And our table erupts and Courtney is halfway across the banquet hall at her work table. And she comes running through the banquet hall and Sam is jumping up and it is just pure noise and everyone is excited. And they're just like trying to wrap up the night and give away the $100 gift cards. And we cannot be tamed. Like, it's just too much. It was so much excitement. And then the poor, the poor Pheasants Forever guy like comes over and he's like, hey, I need one of you. Like pick one of you to come get these certificates. And I'm like, I'm going, I'm going. Like I was the only one who believed in us. I'm going to get these certificates. And I go get them and proceed to like scream at the top of my lungs in this banquet hall. Like you get a free gun, you get a free gun. And they're just like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, like, have a good night. And we're just like, no, the party does not stop. <laughs> <laughs> we were the last ones to leave the banquet hall. We were the last ones. Courtney, oh. I will never forget your face just like running across the room. And just I, just, like, I knew the number. I knew the 770 as well. So I was, you're right. She and- like jumps in my arms. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. I'm so sorry no, about that. No, I didn't mean to spill it. my drink on no, you. It made the whole thing like it was perfect. It just showed the the level of enthusiasm. It was awesome. My coworkers at Purina, I was sitting at their table, so it was right in the middle of the room, and I re- I had remembered the number. So as soon as I heard it, I jumped up and I ran over by you. And they told me the next day, they're like, you looked like the crazy lady in the price is right. That, <laughs> that got <laughs> people to come down and play. <laughs> you did. That is so spot on. I'm okay with that. The image of Courtney running through a pretty, I mean, like it was pretty quiet. Like it was the last prize of the night. I think people had had a great weekend. People were tired. Everyone's sitting, you know, the Friday night, there were like high top tables. There were more people milling around. Um, But it's like a banquet, right? Like they'd had presenters. They'd had like a talk, like it was a seated steak dinner that we'd had. People were sitting there. They were in their suits and ties. Their suits and ties. And watching Courtney run across a banquet hall with her. (laughs) hands above her head screaming towards screaming and screaming towards a table of more screaming people and the vodka cranberry splashing (laughs) like a rainbow over her head just just splashing the love on all of these people who are sitting (laughs) at their table and it was like they were definitely like and that wraps up like trying to like wrap up the night of like thank you very much we've had a very good fe- pheasants forever annual people con- ah! <laughs> full of guns and then we went to the bar in the hotel all carrying our guns and people were like it was like every everybody we ran into it was the first thing out of our mouths we want a table full of guns oh how was want a table full of guns <laughs> Yeah, the security guard, like, at the hotel guarding the elevators to ensure that everyone is safe. And we're like, we won 10 guns tonight, and we're carrying them to our hotel room. Like, we won 10 guns. And his eyes are, like, this big. And he's like, 
I don't even know what to do about this. It's like, yeah, but where's your room key? Where's your room key? And it I felt like, so oh. bad. I did. I don't know who was walking with me, but they scolded me because I walked up to him like, sir, I'm sorry. I'm bringing a gun into your hotel. And he's, <laughs> he's like, okay, no big deal. Go ahead. Yeah. And then the concert that it just released for, I don't remember who it was, but cool. Yeah, cool. It was cool. for Tool. Yeah, for Tool. Cool. So just like, Tool concert releases and these people have no idea that Pheasants Forever is going on and we are screaming like we won 10 guns and they're and like packing out these huge boxes and they're just like cool yeah um that's nice like you can get in your own elevator <laughs> so I have to say so the picture where we are celebrating right downstairs in the hotel right we have our champagne we're celebrating and the bartender did you see him like in the background he's like totally cheesing in the back so he was all upset because apparently he went in on that on the raffle too and he didn't win the table full of guns and he's like you know what I'm gonna get back at you ladies and I'm gonna totally cheese in your picture (laughs) I think I introduced myself to several people that night as we want a table full of guns. They were like, hi, what's your name? And I was like, we want a table full of guns. Is that what you want us to call you from here on out? Like, oh no, you can call me Katie. But like the most important thing you need to know right now is that is that a group of women want a table full of guns. We had a cloud over us, like like or a a rainbow per maybe over the whole weekend, didn't we? And like I don't you feel like just that that drew all the good energy right over our table. And that's why we won. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was a beautiful thing. It couldn't have gone to a better table if I did so myself. <laughs> I think I even heard one of the like Pheasant Forever people was like, that was just like incredible. Like to see you guys and your, your reaction was incredible. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think they were happy to see our enthusiasm, especially after Amanda said that, People were winning stuff all night and everybody had just kind of put their hat in the air and be like, oh, that's, that's me, not us. And like Sunday, that's all people said to me when I saw them. They're like, oh, you were the, you were the gun table last night. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Everybody's all quiet when they win and they're like, hey, we're in your face. Like, we're going to let you know that we're here. Well, and I think we got more free drinks Saturday night after winning the guns than we did Friday night. So like, oh, you were the table that won the guns. What are you drinking? Yeah. Yes, I bought, yes that's I me. Bought the whole weekend. I think uh yeah, I think I bought one round as well. I bought I bought a couple, I, I bought a few beers in the convention center, line and Google summer shandies. I bought those. But when we were both Friday and Saturday night when we were at the bar, I bought one round and I bought that first round after we won the table full of guns while Courtney was simultaneous by, simultaneously buying us a round of champagne. So everybody was double fisting champagne and some cocktail of their choice. And that was champagne it. from the tap, by the way. Yeah, champagne from the tap. But yeah, people were definitely um, very happy um, about the table full of guns. We did very well. It was the it was the only table of pretty much all women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very cool. Those guys that um, and actually they had they had claimed that table before we had sat down to like reserve the rest of the, the seats, <laughs> and they weren't there, right? Like, and so when they sat down, I'm like, look, guy, 
um, here's the deal. <laughs> like it's going to get loud and things may get crazy. So just be prepared. And so they were like, totally cool with it. They were like, yes, we got this. We could handle it. So kudos to those guys. Because- yes. When I, when I sat down, I said, this is going to be the best table of the night. I guarantee it. And then, yeah. and then I did remind them that after the night was over. Yeah. They were very quiet and sort of reserved and not, not too interactive in all of our banquet shenanigans through the night. Um, I mean, Stephanie and I were having a great time. So I, they were just, you know, over there watching sort of the fun unfold and they did not hesitate to stand up and scream with us. So it was awesome. <laughs> it's good. It was like we won the Olympics. We should have, we should have got their information so they can come hunting with us. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah good. There was like a lot of chaos after that because we were just so hyped up. There was a ton of chaos, but I think, I think like everybody else has said, like the energy from the weekend just was contagious and they, they caught it too. So they wanted to stand up and scream too. <laughs> we all need to go on a 12 gauge hunt together. <laughs> Yeah, for certain. That'd be fun. As tired as I was getting back from that trip, like I rode the high of like it's you know, just the for you you guys know this, but for the listeners on the podcast, like I've had a rough like past like month or so. I um I blew up my knee playing hockey and I've been on crutches for a month. Um I was planning a big, a really big special trip with my mom for, um, to, to go to Europe, a trip that we've been talking about for a really long time. And, um, I have felt pretty low, like it's just been kind of a low, like it's just been hard. Like the last month has been hard, um, with just like those, those things and the injury. And I just had, I had surgery yesterday and it went really well and I'm on the road to recovery, but, um, I hope you guys know how much I needed that weekend. Like I needed not even just the winning of the guns, but just the winning of the weekend and to, to get that, to get my spark relit. Like I felt like my little flame was damp, was like dampened down. Like I just was, you know, it's just hard. It's been a hard couple of months. Um, you know, February and the beginning of March was the real ass kicker for me. And, um, I needed that weekend. I needed that weekend. I needed, I needed the women. I needed, you know, all of the contacts we made. I needed, I needed the conversations. I needed all those puppies, um, you know, just to, 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 to relight me up. And it was just so special and so sacred to get to share that with you. And I do like, feel like, yeah, I felt like I went on vacation with my best friends with like, a, you know, cause there were other, there's the five of us on, there were, couple there were several other women there was like a group of kind of 10 women that were really together for the weekend and it just I needed that I needed that so much just to have that connection and so thank you so much oh yeah you you stole I was just about to say that I was just about to talk about how I came home on like this cloud nine that I was I just I made these connections that I hadn't made yet and I went to work on, on Tuesday because I had to take Monday off just to get some rest. But um, <laughs> I went back to work on Tuesday and I was like, damn it, why did I come back? Like, crap, can we just go back there and have that fun again? Because 
I tell you what, I hadn't, I really can't tell you the last time I had that much fun. And I'm 35. Like, who can say that? You know, I just, who can say that they can get together with a group of ladies or, or, or even the dudes, but, you know, and with these people that they met on the internet and they had the time of their lives. And, and they didn't go to the beach. They didn't like, you know, go rent a cabin or they didn't go skiing. They went to Omaha, Nebraska to like at this convention, like they, it wasn't anything extravagant. It was this convention where everybody else gets together to talk about and do things that, that they all have passions about, man, I'm just, yeah. Katie, I'm with you. Like I needed it. It was I can't wait to get back together again. And I can't wait for next year either um, for, for Pheasant Fest 2023. 22,000 people and, and not only just people, upland enthusiasts, hunters, conservationists, all, all the things like people just sharing those similar interests and super passionate about the industry all in, in one place at one time. It was, it was phenomenal. It, it blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like what is most exciting to me is that I know that's not where it ends. Like I expected to go to this, you know, weekend away in Nebraska, interact with a whole bunch of new people and then get back to my normal day-to-day life and sort of just keep on living um in my very small silo and I like there is zero doubt in my mind that I will connect with like that I there will be other opportunities to connect with these individuals like I the like the plans that have already been made and talked about and like the fun that we'll continue to have because of these relationships is more than I ever anticipated getting and so I think like really coming home with just knowing like it wasn't just a weekend it's forever Mm -hmm. like these are people that will carry on in my life for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't echo what, what all of you have said enough. I mean, I've been to some other conventions and things and it's rejuvenating to go and be around people that are passionate about the same thing. But this pheasant fest this year was just something on a completely different level, being able to spend it with, with fellow women specifically that, like you guys said, we came together and it was like, we had known each other forever and nobody would have guessed anything otherwise. Like, I didn't know how much I also needed that. I, but I feel just still refreshed and kind of floaty, happy on cloud nine, if you will, from, from that whole weekend. It was great. Yeah. And like Amanda, I know, I think we've been kind of hunting the similar amount of time and it's, I don't know about you, but I felt so alone for so long because I've had to, you know, trek through, um, quite a bit, you know, by myself and, and I know I've, I've gotten, um, cheers from you guys when I got my first quail and, um, in, in December and to meet up with you guys, it was like, man, and I'm not, I really at like, there's something about that just getting together and not feeling alone in this journey. Um, it's just, man, it's a feeling I can't even describe. And like the ability to just naturally fit in 
with a group of women. The women's camaraderie, a great moment where we should give a shout out to Suzanne. Did you guys hear Suzanne? Yeah. <laughs> yes. 202 prize one. One. First time handler, first time gun dog. That, like, like, oh my gosh. Super awesome. You won't find a more dedicated person, hardworking person, and just goal oriented. That girl wanted that UT one for a long time and she gave it this was her first chance at it and she nailed it with a 202 it's super impressive yeah super inspiring yeah just like being able to fit in with this group of women that were there but also then learning like how to be more welcoming to other women um and letting the circle grow and just really inviting people to be a part of this because like I never expected to be welcomed with such open arms into this group of women. And like, even in like hunting here in my own hometown, like it is very hard to build hunting relationships and get people who, you know, have done this for a long time to invite you into their circle. And there was no hesitancy in this group of people. And so like, I want to ensure that I pass that on. And uh, so like, if you are listening to this, and you were not there or have not connected with us on Instagram, like join us, be a part of this because it's something awesome. And like, none of us are going to, to do anything to sort of prevent you from joining. Like we're here for you as much as we are here for each other. Yeah. And Amanda and I can um, talk to you about how to poop in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you my Shiwi stories. I love to tell everyone about my Shiwi. Happy to tell you about that. You'll learn more about me in my hunting adventures than you will my normal life before before we, t- we move into that step. But yeah, it's just like the welcomingness. Uh, I want to make sure that I do some effort to pass that on. So, and if anything else, I you know I think um, this this group and kind of what we just discussed here encompasses a lot of the reasons why. There are organizations like Pheasants Forever that have initiatives um, specific for women. And uh, I know that there's slack about it. Um, Even when I held the women's grouse camp last year, I got some of it of, well, I really want to learn all that stuff too. And I'm a male. And so why can't I go and do that? And there's some, there's reasons for it. It's a different experience. And, and I don't know that I can explain it any better than, than what has already been explained here tonight, where there's just a feeling, an automatic feeling of not feeling welcomed in, in other situations. And then having that welcoming feeling with a group of women that just are standing there with arms wide open, whether you can see it or not they are and in this this community of women who support women is it's really phenomenal and and i love it and it's not bullshit right like we're not like legitimately and that's what i get worried about i guess sometimes in this is that some of it maybe like oh yeah they'll they'll welcome you or they'll cheer you on or and it's not legitimate and this was completely 100% genuine. And um, I think Amanda made a post about it later on about the genuine women and it, that's what it was. It was, 
And that's so important to me is to be yourself and to be true to yourself. And, and Courtney, I think, you know, when you talk about, you know, men going, well, I want to be a part of that too. We got to be ourselves and we got to just like the men's got to be themselves, right? Like, sorry about it. <laughs> there are things that we got to do too. And no, maybe you can't. So I, it was, it, it's an experience that um, I will certainly treasure for a very, very long time and friendships that I'll treasure forever. Yes. I would say to any, any gentleman that wanted to join the club, um, like take this as your inspiration to start, start a movement on the man side, like be the person you want to be, like start this and build this and become this for the gentleman in your life. Because that's, that's really what this is about. This is not about excluding someone based off of if you are male or female, it's about being what you want out of this life. And so like, if you feel like you're missing an opportunity, create that and be that for the men that don't have it as well. Mm-hmm. Dang, Amanda's good with her words, ain't she? Yeah, very good. It's all the cider, ladies. <laughs> all the cider. <laughs> well, I think just like an overall authenticity to the whole weekend and like an authenticity to each of the people that showed up. Um, and that, that, that's, that, that's, that's the draw. Right. And like, um, I find it funny, like I, Amanda and another friend of, of ours, female friend of ours, uh, planned a hunting trip. And, um, I invited, um, a, a man to come along and he was like, Oh, on your girl's hunting trip. And I was like, no, it's just a hunting trip, right? We're going hunting. It's just a hunting trip. It's not a women's hunting trip. It's not a girl's hunting trip any more than when you go out with your bros. It's not a men's hunting trip. It's just a hunting trip. And I think it's that thing of like, there are certain spaces where, you know, like what really made the weekend was the authenticity and what allowed the authenticity was the fact that we were all sharing a very similar um, experience that some of which was based on gender. But what I'm for are authentic relationships with anybody in the world. And um, it's a lot easier, I think, for women in a primarily male-dominated space to live that those authentic relationships when it's women, right? Because there's there's not some of the other insecurities and hangups that you can get sometimes when you're a woman in a male, a primarily male occupied space. And so I would say that to any gentleman that is like, Hey, wait a minute, I want to come on those things and I want to be part of that. Well, then what are you doing to foster an incredibly authentic relationship and be authentically you and accept people for who their authentic selves are, because that's what really makes it special. And yes, I am so excited for the day where we all hunt and live and exist together on like a complete even playing field. And there aren't any of those sort of little hangups. Um, but what you have to know, fellas, is that until that exists, there, we're going to have to have these women's carve outs so that we can live our authentic experience and get to exist there and have these relationships. Um, because that's really what it is, right? It's that it's just beautiful when you can show up exactly who you are and you're not trying to cover something or you know trying to be something different to try to fit in somewhere I'll be honest like when I got into this it was like 
I didn't believe in that, right? Like that you needed those women relationships to, for it to be helpful, I guess. And man, have I made like a 180 here. It, it, yeah, it's um, when you can find women that um, support you and just help you along the way and pump you up. Damn, it can be, it can make, make you for sure. Make your hunting experience. Yeah. And I've, I've been in toxic relationships with women and, and with ones that are very, very competitive will take you down in a heartbeat. And, you know, if it comes to something and so it doesn't just speak to this was a group of women, right? This, this was a group of fantastic, authentic, unapologetic women that happened to be in the same place at the same time. And, um, it was just great. It was a fantastic experience and I appreciate all of you. Yes. And I think that was a a beautiful thing about the pheasants forever and quail forever organization is it has a lot to do with authentic people. You hit the nail on the head there, Courtney. Y'all are the nails on my head. (laughs) 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 Cheers, ladies. Cheers. (laughs) All right. Next year, February 17th to the 19th, 2023 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Take the Monday after off. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And arrive on Thursday for the bird dog parade. I cannot believe that we a haven't talked about the bird dog parade and B that we all missed the bird dog parade. So if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh yeah, that sounds like a great time. I'm going to make sure that I go to pheasants forever. Um, pheasant fest quail forever banquet, blah, 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 blah. A book all the banquets, make sure you register for the women on the wings early because it sells out every year. Um, but noon on Friday, there is a damn bird dog parade and they bring all of the different bird dogs up and they, somebody gets to stand up there and talk about their very special Boykin Spaniel and what makes a Boykin a Boykin and all that sort of stuff. And we missed it and I'm heartbroken and that will never happen again. And so don't make the same mistake we made and miss the damn bird dog parade. So I got to know, when are we all going to be able to get together again? Girls camp. Girls camp. camp. Oh, there is. And I don't know if this is of interest to you, but June 17th to the 19th, um, we are having an all women's NAVDA training camp. And that's going to be a really, really, really good time. Where is that? How long? Where? Um, so it's going to be in um, Montana. So it's going to be like you'd f- if you fly, you'd fly into Missoula. But um, and I think I'm going to have two different options. So it's going to be with a dog and without a dog. So, um, but yeah, and we're going to have the clay thrower there. So some shooting stuff, um, cleaning birds. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
So, yeah. And you're speaking to my heart because my birthday is the 16th. So it's like, it could be a lot of fun. That, that would be double the fun. Come early and we can have a birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> and you could fly instead of drive because you could take the non, non-dog option. Yeah. Because. Or bring your cocker on the plane. <laughs> Load up the, the <laughs> and the cocker. Cockers can't run in NAVDA. <laughs> It could be there for emotional support, Courtney. (laughs) There's like a huge debate in my house right now who that cocker belongs to. Stephanie, I'll lend you a I'll lend you a Muppet. Okay, I'll do it. Courtney, do we need to join your NAFTA chapter as a member to be a part of that? Or is it no? I think like our my chapter members would get like a discount. Um, but also I'd be asking them to help put it on. So yeah exciting yeah well thanks ladies is there anything else you wanted to add over about about the weekend man join us next year for sure yeah cheers and definitely join uh you know i know you say it every time courtney whenever you do anything um but uh join a conservation organization like maybe maybe it's not pheasants forever maybe it's quail forever maybe it's ducks unlimited um, maybe it's like, I've been looking into like, there's not really like, I'm a chucker hunter and there aren't really, there's not a chucker forever. Right. There's a, there's like a Utah, there's a Nevada sort of, sort of groups of people, but like the foundation for wild sheep or something like that is like, they do a lot, but like, there's really a lot to be said for, I really loved that message that we got throughout the weekend of hunting is conservation and hunting conservation that's aimed at pheasants or quail benefits everybody, right? Like those parcels that I hunted in North Dakota were thick with beautiful um, vegetation and grasses and trees and shrubs and songbirds and um, deer and just, you know, all sorts of creatures. And so, you know, we are very fortunate to to be able to walk across spaces, both public and private in pursuit of our passion and um, put your money where your feet hit, right? Like put your money where your feet hit and make sure that you're contributing to these organizations that work for Habitat, Rough Grouse Society, you know, those types of things, because um, it's clean water, it's clean air, it's healthy habitats, it's conservation. And it's so important. It's so important. And, it, and yeah. it may take you, you may try out like different ones to, to like fit you and what you are cool with. Yeah. Right. Um, I've done that. Like I, there were several of them and I mean, just quail forever just fits me just right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you're spending money on hunting gear, invest in the land you're hunting on. Um, like that will be my financial contribution piece. But if that is not an option for you, if you're not in a financial position, like you have time because you make time to hunt all winter. So make time to protect the areas in which you hunt. Yeah. It's just as important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, too, on a, on a good closing note, if there are any ladies out there and let's see, we have California, Minnesota, Montana, Oregon, New Mexico, reach out, reach out to us because we're out here. We're everywhere. Yeah. Show up for the things that matter to you so they can continue to show up for you. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bird Dog Babe podcast. If you're a Patreon member, you have access to the full-length, unedited, ad-free, live video recording of this episode at patreon.com forward slash thebirddogbabe. Be sure to check out the sponsors of this podcast, Purina Proplan, Boss Shot Shells, Onyx Hunt, and our partners, Siren Shotguns and Dakota 283. And don't forget to support the conservation organizations of the birds that you chase after and the public lands in which you hunt.